0: Coming to theaters, Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai 2. Investigative filmmaker Timothy Mahoney uncovers evidence of the true location of Mount Sinai. Interviewing modern-day Exodus explorers and scholars.
1: Once I realized what this site
0: was, I dropped to my knees. All of the evidence, it's sitting out there for everyone to see. Inspiring and faith-affirming. Journey to Mount Sinai 2 in theaters only, May 15th and 17th. Get tickets today at PatternsofEvidence.com.
1: Code KMC.
5: I've been in show business my entire life. I know when someone's an actor or an actress. And I'd hear Balance of Nature being advertised, and I just thought, these are real people out there. And they seem to just be really telling the truth about this product that they love. So I started using Balance of Nature, and immediately I started seeing results. And I went, oh my gosh, this works. I literally called up the founder and I said, I've never done this before in my life. I want to tell people about Balance of Nature. I want it to do for them what it's done for me.
3: Join Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of people worldwide on a journey to better health. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-2468-751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-2468-751 and get this special offer by using discount code KLG.
0: Coming to theaters, Patterns of Evidence, Journey to Mount Sinai 2. Investigative filmmaker Timothy Mahoney uncovers evidence of the true location of Mount Sinai. Interviewing modern-day Exodus explorers and scholars.
1: Once I realized what this site was, I dropped to my knees. All of the evidence,
0: it's sitting out there for everyone to see. Inspiring and faith-affirming. Journey to Mount Sinai 2 in theaters only, May 15th and 17th. Get tickets today at PatternsofEvidence.com.
1: You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters.
4: Uh, Kevin McCullough, and here we go. Five, four, three, two, one.
0: Obliterating confusion. Amplifying truth. And pursuing clarity.
1: A national defense expert with us today, also a sitting U.S. senator. It's going to be a huge show, plus a city councilman from the city of New York. It's uh, uh, Katie McFarland, Josh Hawley, and Joe Borelli right now on Kevin McCullough Radio.
4: With this. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog has come out of
3: nowhere. And Kevin McCullough.
1: I just want to help people think.
3: Nationally syndicated radio host and author of Know He
4: Can. He's playing the role. As well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough
0: Radio.
1: All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. And uh, per usual, uh, KT McFarland is able to rejoin us. And KT, last week, uh, going into the weekend, on my weekend show, I made fun of it a little bit, but it's really not a laughing matter. Uh, Christopher Ray last week, uh, decided to play chicken with the Oversight Committee, and James Comer wasn't having any of it. Uh, the, the, the entire episode with this unclassified document that seems to have some uh, not-too-nice uh, information in it about uh, Joe Biden is really unacceptable in how he responded. And I think it kind of exposed the whole nation— to a little bit of the shenanigans that go on in DC. What's your reaction to all of this?
6: Well, the supreme arrogance of the FBI director to basically just blow off Congress is pretty stunning. The second thing I'm thinking is that, well, if Joe Biden and the administration and the FBI have nothing to hide, if they're innocent of all these terrible charges, wouldn't you think they'd want to go prove it to the world? Instead, they're covering up more and more. And then finally, I guess maybe this is why they're so arrogant, is because they know they get away with it. So what happens next? So the FBI stonewalls Congress. So what does Congress do? Maybe Congress can pass a censor, censure um, resolution that they hold um, this, the, the head of the FBI in contempt of Congress. What does he do? <clears throat> Shrugs. Because the Congress can't go arrest him for that. They don't have that power in the Constitution. It's only the executive can do that. So what Congress can do is refer that contempt of Congress to the Justice Department and say, Justice Department, we recommend that the FBI director have some kind of penalty, you know, a financial penalty, some penalty because he's in contempt of Congress. He's not fulfilling his constitutional responsibilities. And the Justice Department, which is the whole point here is going to say, well, we don't really care. You know, we're not going to prosecute him. This is all political. And so as a result, at the end of the day, the FBI director and anybody in the administration knows that in a Democratic administration with a Joe Biden attorney general and Justice Department, they'll never be charged with anything wrong because, you know, the Biden administration, that's how they do things. The only thing they can think of is, What you're hearing increasingly, and the former director of the FBI, Jim Comey, said in an interview over the last weekend, he said, well, it has to be Joe Biden. Joe Biden has to win. It can't be any Republican. Well, you know why they're saying that? Because they know if a Republican came in and a Republican attorney general came in, they could look at all the files and then they could find out just all the terrible things and the weaponization of the Justice Department and the FBI the Republicans can get that to ground. So, Of course James Comey and all the people say Republicans can't possibly win because then they'll be held to account as they are not now.
1: No, that is so well said. And the the issue is also that um whatever criminality has been going on, uh you you would get a you know a half an ounce of justice out of it. I don't know that we're ever gonna really hold people fully accountable to what they've done in office, particularly for this group that's been there over the last uh, six or seven years, but it is remarkably. Um, it's. I think it's a very sad day when you see the FBI basically say to the people's uh, representatives, "Get lost. I'm not. I'm not going to play along."
6: What it's saying is that the FBI thinks they're above the law, and they've been they've been playing with politics. They've been politicized. They've been weaponized by the Democrats and the far left, and they think they can get away with it, and so they're really just telling everybody else to you know, buzz off. The way Congress can get them in the end is by the power of the purse. The Constitution gave Congress, especially the House of Representatives, power over the budget. So if the FBI director and the FBI is just going to stiff Congress, Congress has every right to say, oh, by the way, you guys want that new multi-billion dollar building? Headquarters right in Washington, D.C. Guess what? They're not going to approve that. American people can't afford that. So there are powers that Congress can use, but it has to be willing to use them. And that's things like zeroing out budget.
1: Well, and I don't know if you saw the uh, piece by Jordan Boyd in The Federalist, but she just wrote this last week about the, um, I guess a, a survey has been done. Majority of Americans want the FBI to either be reformed or shut down completely. Let me ask you, KT, um, you're pretty savvy, you know, on the international stage. If we if we did shut down the FBI, do we do we hurt our standing in any way with national security or or anything that would uh, put the the country at risk if we just did away with that organization altogether?
6: Um, I'm all for defunding the FBI and dividing it up and taking the functions and putting them in other agencies, Homeland Security in some cases. Um, other intelligence agencies. but I'm also in favor of a wholesale reorganization of the intelligence services. We have seventeen intelligence services. They cost an awful lot of money, and it's not clear that they're doing their job. If the FBI is so busy investigating housewives and you know, parents association mothers, and they're not investigating the Hunter Biden laptop, which is pretty clear, um, corruption at the highest levels of the United States government with foreign countries, and they're not doing their job. I don't think we just, they deserve our paychecks.
1: Well, having said that, they still have a number of things to answer to the public on, and this this document that involves Joe Biden and this, you know, unnamed foreign national. At least it's not been named publicly. Uh, and a five million dollar bribery scheme is it your opinion that this rises to the level of what is an impeachable crime if it if it is as what we have been sold it uh, as is it is it is it an impeachable offense
6: you know i'm i've been around for a long time and i've been through the Watergate, um the iran contra affair in the reagan administration i don't believe in impeachment I, I i mean i do believe that they are constitutionally allowed But I think that what we do is we are constantly then questioning the results of the last election. I think it's just not good for the body politic of the United States or in confidence in the whole electoral system. However, that being said, corruption is one of those few things I think does merit a a relook at at, um, some kind of legal action against the people who are committing the crimes at a minimum. What it should be is is all brought out in the public, and then the American people can decide in eighteen months when they go to the polls. Right. they really want a leader who is corrupt and is taking money from foreign countries to, to to skewer American foreign policy at the expense of the American people and endangering American national
1: security? I just have uh, an inward uh, ick that goes up when you know the term bribery and uh, a sitting vice president is involved
6: american foreign policy with regard to china it is very weak it is the president biden and, and his whole team all many of whom are also compromised have said oh it's a competitor um it's not an adversary it's not an enemy meanwhile you know a, a week ago a couple of days ago we had chinese warships that were blockading american warships in the taiwan strait yeah how is that not an adversary how is this a country that we're, we're going to kind of look the other way? It's Chinese spy balloons invading the ter- sovereign territory of the United States. Oh, well, it's not a big deal. Chinese putting police stations in, in American cities to go after Ameri- Chinese American citizens. This is all okay. No, the Biden administration has been remarkably lax, and I think you're responsible on its whole approach to China.
1: KT, always appreciate it. Thanks for your help today.
6: It's a pleasure, Kevin. Thank you so much. Kevin
1: McCullough coming right back.
4: is the heavyweight champion of the world.
6: On April 28th, experience the movie based on the miraculous
0: story of George Foreman.
4: George Foreman ain't no new champ, he is the new chump. Foreman is
0: now! I'm not going to box anymore. I'm going to follow God. It's the greatest comeback story of all time. There's only two things I know how to do. Box and preach. And preach. preach, you won't pay the bills.
7: Foreman's 45 years old. The risk isn't losing, it's surviving. How
8: can you beat that man? I'm
0: going to my way. Big George Foreman, exclusively in movie theaters. April 28th, rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.
8: I was a child when I was abducted by the Arabs. My parents used to own livestock, and my mother would do all the cooking for us. I don't remember the year that I was captured. There had never been any problems in our village. Then one day, all of a sudden, we heard that there were Arabs attacking Dinka villages throughout the south. We were so worried we could not even sleep at night. It was a big concern to my mother and my father. We were told that these Arabs were heavily armed and would kill all the animals and people when they would attack. We were very scared then one morning, they attacked our village. We scattered in different directions and I ran, but I was captured. My entire village was burned down, and I've never seen a member of my family since. Then I was taken north, into slavery. My eyes saw horrific things on that trip to the north. Women were raped, right in front of us, men were beaten and four men were killed because they tried to fight back. They were shot dead before our eyes. Once at the slave master's house, I was pretty much starved and worked brutal hours every single day doing difficult and very, very hard work. There was no relief. And then they raped me. My slave master did not think of me as a human would not even let me go to the hospital when I fell sick. And one day I heard that there was a slave retriever from CSI close by. How I wanted to be free. That retriever secured my freedom. And thank God I was able to return to South Sudan. Thank you to each of you who helped the slaves be free. But please don't stop until we get them all.
1: And may I just add that we are so thankful that you have been part of the team that has helped us liberate more than 45 slaves this year already. Of the 192 that are on the list, 45 of them uh, have been liberated, and we have more that we are about to embark upon to do you may know the violence in, in Sudan is very dangerous right now, and yet our slave liberators are more committed than ever to getting them out, uh, to get them to safety and to get them to uh, be reunited with their family. If you'd like to help us, here's the number, 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org for all the details, bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org. Help us put an end to slavery in this lifetime. 888-342-1010.
4: Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio.
1: All right. My next guest is a United States senator who has taken a little bit of time away from his legislative duties uh, to issue a bit of a warning, a concern, a prayer, a heartfelt plea with the world around him to embrace one of the most important, most critical components of our social structure in this day and age that we live in, and it cannot be overstated, is it is the issue of what manhood actually is and why it's so important. And that's why we're uh, thrilled to have uh, Senator Josh Hawley joining us, Manhood, The Masculine Virtues America Needs. Senator, it's great to have you here.
9: Thank you, thanks for having me.
1: Um, I penned a book on the issue of manhood probably 18 years ago, and to this day, it is the book of the things that I've written about that was the least political at the time. It is by far the most earnest subject that people have responded to, and particularly, I have heard from a great deal of single moms over the course of these two decades that that book has been out, uh, decrying the need for how to really understand what a healthy and decent and proper and good man can be defined as and can be um, given a place of honor and importance in the culture around us. I'm curious as to what your motivation was for writing this book at this time.
9: Well, my motivation was I'm a dad and I've got two little boys at home, 10 and eight, and I've, I've got a little girl as well. But as my boys start to get a little bit older, this book really started as me thinking about what's my obligation as a dad to help them become the men that they were created to be, to help them live into that, into their destinies. And then looking around at the culture and the messages young men are being sent, you know, that that masculinity is inherently toxic, that to be a man is in and of itself to make the world a worse place. Those are just not true. Those are lies. And I think we've got to hold up a better vision of good, strong manhood, and encourage men to live into that because we need them. This country needs them. Our families need them. Our neighborhoods need them. And we need to send that message.
1: I don't know how familiar you are with um, the research work that Daniel Patrick Moynihan, uh, former senator from here in New York, uh, published. It was in the mid-late 70s now. Um, But the amount of work that they looked at in particularly the African-American communities across the country. And this was at a time when welfare and uh, government entitlements were being debated strongly. And his conclusion was that entitlements can never make up for the presence of a father, for the presence of what you would define as a strong man in the home. Um, Do you know if the data shows that we've improved at all since senator Moynihan's studies
9: oh i mean no i think quite the contrary you can look at the rates of fatherlessness in america across all demographics and they've only gone up 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 you can look at the same time at the rates of childhood poverty the rates of childhood violence youth violence especially by young men just through the roof and at the same time youth depression and youth suicides also escalating. And, and there's there's a correlation there. I mean, clearly, if you want to address the childhood poverty program problem in America, put fathers back in the home. If you want to address the youth violence epidemic, get a father into a neighborhood. And this is one of the reasons why masculinity, I think, is such an urgent topic for us as a country. We need good, strong men who are involved, who are engaged who are providers and protectors, we need that as a nation for our kids and our neighborhoods, but every family needs it as well.
1: Senator Josh Hawley who we're speaking with. Senator, I, I want to ask you something that may not be popular to discuss, but the idea that a man is needed um, certainly the AOCs of the world and others that are very much living in the woke um, reality that they're trying to create now, would argue that uh, patriarchy, patriarchal ideas, um, these types of ideas that that manhood is necessary, that fatherhood is necessary, it runs against the very um, transitioning agenda that the Biden administration is trying to force into the schools. Um, there are so many things working against this. But it's been my opinion, and I haven't talked about it a lot publicly, just a little bit, that this is really not even a fight against men as much as it is against God, the Father, and what he and what role he plays in a human being's life. And I'm just curious, is there a correlation for you between those two?
9: Yeah, I do think that the modern left is basically atheistic. I mean, and I think that drives a lot of their agenda. It drives their assault on both manhood and womanhood. I mean, we can't forget. This is the left that today says that biological men ought to be in women's sports, that biological men ought to be in women's locker rooms, that there's no such thing as a woman and that men are inherently toxic. I mean, it's the same message, right? And at the foundation of that, I think, is their basic atheism, which is there's nothing permanent. There is no God. There's no purpose. There's no eternity. There's only what you want at any given moment. And there's only what the liberal elites think is good for you. I mean, that's their worldview, basically. And it's a very empty worldview, which is why I think so many young people, in particular in this country, are struggling, are depressed, are lonely, don't have a sense of purpose. So we've got to recover a deeper, stronger truth, which is the truth of our heritage, the truth of the Bible, the truth of our civilization that there is an eternity, that there is such a thing as manhood and womanhood, and that every person. Is uniquely created and uniquely needed, and the book is about what that means for men.
1: I, I love this. Friends, get the book. It's manhood, the masculine virtues that America needs. Um, and if you're on Amazon anyway, pick up a copy of "The Kind of Man Every Man Should Be." If you can still find a few, there may be a few floating out there somewhere. Um, but Senator, let me just um, indulge me just staying on that that tangent for a second because when we are talking about the damage that the erasing of distinctions and significance brings to this discussion. And I use those two words specifically because distinction indicates a separate function, but not a less value. Um, People want to say that men and women are the same. I argue fundamentally that that's not true. We are very different. And those distinctions are not there to create inequity. They're there to Uh, provide purpose. But what I really find disheartening is that as we're talking about even the the transitioning issue in schools right now, it's an erasing of identity. It's an erasing of distinction. It's it's an erasing of purpose. And ultimately, and I'm a Bible-believing Christian, I think God doesn't make a child to purposefully be confused about what they're supposed to grow up to be that's part of what the parent is there for, to teach and to mentor and to train. But ultimately, God wants that identity, be it his sex, be it how he's created, how he's formed, uh, be it the, the thoughts that come into his head. God wants that human being to flourish within a purpose that he's been been designed for. And it's the denying of the designer that is bringing about this whole idea of let's keep kids confused for as long as possible. Your, your reaction?
9: If you look at the left's framework, if you look at their history, I think much of what modern liberalism is is rooted back in the French Revolution or even earlier. And what was the French Revolution? It was fundamentally atheistic. It was a denial of God. It was a denial of the principles and ideals of the Bible that have been written into our civilization. It was an attempt to get rid of all of that and replace it with the raw power of the elites and i think you see that same attitude at work today on the, on the point about difference you know the differ our differences male and female are the grounds of our dignity right i mean it's it's because a woman is not a man a woman is a woman and and you just can't become one because you want to be that's what gives women special dignity the same thing could be said of men and this is why this this radical trans ideology that the left is pushing is so destructive because it just erases women, tells men they're toxic and it erases women. I mean, this is crazy. This is something that the left itself, feminists wouldn't have put up with just 20, 30 years ago or even sooner. And isn't it, really it interesting
1: that those voices have gone silent on this issue now? He's Senator Josh Holly. Hold on one second, coming right
0: back from this break. Timothy Mahoney uncovers evidence of the true location of Mount Sinai, interviewing modern day Exodus explorers and scholars.
1: Once I realized what this site was, I dropped to my knees. All of the evidence, it's sitting out
0: there for everyone to see. Inspiring and faith-affirming. Journey to Mount Sinai 2 in theaters only May 15th and 17th. Get tickets today at Patternsofevidence.com.
2: Balance of Nature is whole produce. It contains all the vital parts in balance. Color, taste, and smell keep you well. And that's what you get with Balance of
3: Nature. Start now by going to balanceofnature.com and don't forget to use discount code KMC.
4: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped my pillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA.
5: When I got my pillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well rested in the morning.
4: That's why I invented my pillow. one get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products
1: that's mypillow.com promo code kmc
5: i've been in show business my entire life i know when someone's an actor or an actress and i'd hear balance of nature being advertised and i just thought these are real people out there and they seem to just be really telling the truth about this product that they love. So I started using Balance of Nature and immediately I started seeing results and I went, oh my gosh, this works. I literally called up the founder and I said, I've never done this before in my life. I wanna tell people about Balance of Nature. I want it to do for them what it's done for me.
3: Join Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of people worldwide on a journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KLG.
4: fusion amplifying truth and pursuing clarity it's kevin mccullough
1: radio and we're back from times square uh kevin mccullough glad to have you with us and senator josh Hawley rejoins us the book is called manhood uh masculine virtues that america needs and i want you to get a copy um senator we we were kind of down the rabbit hole just a little bit on the trans agenda and what it is doing but it is it is essentially erasing the child's god-given dna like we've we've learned so much from science and this is so anti-science but in the genome code we now know there's a serial number written on every cell in our body i can i can pump my body full of hormones i can go um have surgeries i can do all kinds of things to change appearance i get hit by a bus i become mangled to a degree that nobody can identify me and they pick up some of my dna off the road to go see who i am and it's going to say that i was born male um, it's and it's going to say that forever no matter what I do to this. This is really an attempt to overturn scientific design and and by design we are we are laying waste to a generation of young men that we actually need. We need these young guys to come up and be leaders.
9: That's right. It, you know biological sex is a real thing. And I think this gets back to the left's agenda, which currently at this at this present moment and for decades now is to erase anything that's permanent. It's in a war on a war on anything that is rooted in the eternal, anything that any permanent truth, and male and female are permanent truths. And for men, we need to say to them. Listen, we need you to be good, strong men. We need you to embrace the virtues of a husband and a father and a warrior and a builder. I talk about these in the book. We need you to take on those responsibilities. That's how you change your life. That's how you change the destiny of your family. That's how you change the destiny of this nation. And we need men like that who recognize the weightiness of their call and are willing to step into it.
1: Well, that's so well said. Uh, Josh Hawley, senator, uh, is joining us. Senator Hawley, let me ask you if the days that we live in are as bleak as they appear to be. And you talk to any number of parents that are living in certain school districts. This stuff is scary. They're transitioning kids against their parents' permission and will, even knowledge in some some instances. Um, And you've heard heard things come out of leftist mouths in recent days. Press Secretary uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre just saying over the last weekend, um, that these kids don't belong to parents. They're all our kids. They, they belong to all of us. Um, what's the path forward? And I'm sure that manhood helps us uh, map that out. But what's what's two or three steps that we can take to move in a direction that begins to solve this?
9: Well, from a policy perspective, we've got to be clear that power should be in the hands of parents. That's why we ought to enact a Parents' Bill of Rights at the federal level that will give every parent in America the right to see what their kids are being taught To see what their school district is spending money on i mean parents pay for these schools let's not forget tax dollars fund these schools to give every parent the right to have control is there a version
1: that has been drawn up in either house yes
9: yeah i have one i've I've introduced one and it would also allow parents then to go to court and if the school district the the bureaucrats they deny you these rights you ought to be able to go to court and force to ensue them we have got to, to sue to enforce them rather we have got to put
1: power back in the hands of parents. And this now, probably, is a winning issue. This is, this absolutely, is critical. like in deep blue, New York, parents will go with this. This is a, this is a very, very winning issue in a large percentage.
9: And I think on a, on a personal level and for men, just thinking about the application for men, I think the answer is for fathers. Hey, be involved in the lives of your children. And it doesn't take much. I mean, I'm a dad, my boys, like I said, are 10 and eight. And uh, I'm not perfect. I mean, no father's perfect, but I would just say to fathers out there, you being present, you Mm -hmm. being involved, even if it's not perfect, even if you say, I screwed that up, that's all right. Just go at it again. I mean, if you are involved, you will change the shape of your kid's life for the better. So I think as dads out there, it's hey, get involved for older men, mentor somebody, go out there and and coach, Uh, find somebody to mentor, find somebody to teach a skill to that can change their lives. And that's the way that we're gonna raise up a generation of men and change this country.
1: Well, and I think that those of us that do believe in God need to have more kids than the other ones. Um, and it looks like we probably are, but that is, I think, vital because it, it we have to replicate these values beyond our, beyond our lifetimes. Mine are 13 and 10, Senator, so I'm right there with you. I'm You're right the there. same, yeah. and my daughter's eight, so. You know, we're we're in that same stage of life, lots of chauffeuring all over the place and getting to lessons yes. and back and all the rest of it. But as you said, and I think we've tried to overthink this at times, you don't, you don't have to provide every, uh, you know, financial resource under the sun. You don't have to live in the biggest house. You don't have to have all of the trappings. Sometimes they just want to come sit on your lap and have a conversation and talk about their day. And when they can do that with mom, that's great. But if if boys can get one-on-one with dad, it's it's life-changing.
9: It's powerful. It's powerful. And to young men, I think we ought to say the truth, which is that if you want to leave a legacy, if you want to be a person of significance, best way you can do that is get married, have a family. That's not what our culture says, but it is the truth. Get married, have a family, invest your life in other people. That's how you
1: change the world. That's it. Senator, keep up the good work and thanks for being here. Thank you so much. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back from New York. Don't go away.
6: Foreman is the heavyweight champion of the world. On
0: April 28th, experience the movie based on the miraculous story of George Foreman.
4: George Foreman ain't no new champ. He is the new champ. Foreman is now!
0: I'm not going to box anymore. I'm all of God. It's the greatest comeback story of all time. It's only two things I know how to do. Box and preach
7: and preach. You won't pay the bills. Foreman's 45 years old. The risk isn't losing. It's surviving. How
8: can you beat that man? I'm
0: going to my way. Big George Foreman. Exclusively in movie theaters. April 28th. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.
1: For those of you that know, we have been doing all that we can to help liberate human trafficking and human slaves uh, with Christian Solidarity International this year. It's our annual cause and we have 192 names of women that need our assistance this year. Uh, women that have experienced some excruciating things and I want to say thank you to those of you that have already called 888-342-1010. Uh, we have helped liberate uh, more than a dozen now this year. but I want to tell you the story of Ayak. Ayak uh Utensils, uh, other things that they need to create uh, a life for themselves, and you do it when you call 888 342 1010 or go to bringherhome.org.
4: Across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio.
1: All right, Kevin McCullough, when when I talk to people from sea to shining sea, uh, and they find out that. I live and breathe and love being a New Yorker. They always look at me as like, you know, what? why, why, why would you move to that part of the country? Why would you want to be in that city right now? And the reason that they feel that way is because they see the utter nonsense that comes from our headlines on a daily basis and sometimes the dangerous ones. So we'll have a perfectly fine month and then someone shoots a gun in Times Square and then the whole world stops wanting to come to New York again. Anyway, um, this last week, Mayor Adams has made uh, another suggestion that I don't really comprehend. In fact, a lot of the suggestions he's made related to the migrant crisis have seemed utterly befuddling to me. Someone who knows all about being utterly befuddled by this current administration is the minority leader for the city council, Joe Borelli, and he rejoins us. Also, uh, the kind of off-the-record top expert of Staten Island. If you haven't read his book on the history of Staten Island, you need to do that. Councilman, always good to have you. Thanks for being here.
7: Anytime, Kev. Thank you. So I can't...
1: Keep track of the numbers of hideous ideas that they keep coming up with uh, to to try to deal with the migrant crisis. And early on, I kind of had a little bit of hope that Mayor Adams was going to, like, you know, really put it in the face of President Biden and try to tell him to, to change his act that that hope has quickly uh, evaporated. But whether it's putting people in hotels, whether it's putting people in uh, public facilities, whether it's now the suggestion of putting them in people's private homes, it seems as though New York has not figured out how to come up with a single good idea about how to deal with it, but they are really, really eager to give us as many bad ideas as possible. You have to argue this in the halls of C- city council every day. What What's your take on it?
7: Well, the, the cynic in me is is, is under, under the belief that maybe uh, this is a good way to show how far the, the train has come off the track uh, because these are sort of absurd, uh, you know, absolutely absurd uh, suggestions for uh, placing migrants. I was in a Catholic school just today where the fire department came in uh, and forced the school to remove pictures off the wall because it was a fire hazard. But the church right across the street from them is seemingly going to house migrants in the basement with, with, with you know, barely running water and some showers. I mean, these are policies gone amok. You talk about, you know, now placing people in private residences. I mean, you know, for, for in, in some places, yeah, maybe that might make sense. Right. But in other places, I mean, so many New Yorkers live in apartment buildings. So we're now willing to just turn our own apartment buildings uh, into essentially homeless shelters. I mean, that that's just it's just beyond the pale. And I think so many New Yorkers are are really starting to grow frustrated. This started off as some cute little woke experiment when it was uh, 2,000, 3,000 people. A few million dollars is a drop in the bucket in New York. And I I guess they thought this wouldn't cause any problems. Now we are in too deep. We've had 75,000 or so people come through the system with 45,000 plus people still in the system. Some of them have been here almost a year. And we need to start getting answers to the very obvious question of when is enough is enough? When does this end? What is the off ramp? When does this stop? If people are here a year, do they get to stay longer? Uh, w- w- what is the moment in time where we can finally say, OK, we're done paying for this nonsense? Those answers are few and far between. Uh, and it just seems like the administration is just struggling to to do what they can to to basically fill the, the, the requirement under our state's uh, constitution.
1: Yeah, well the, the the law obviously um is is messed up and so we need to have a different kind of standard for what's happening. But let me let me dig a little deeper on this because um later uh, this week I'm going to interview the director of a new documentary that's just about What's happened in California over the last few years, and and they've they've documented some six hundred and fifty thousand people have left California in the last couple of years, and it's causing a big drain on their state economy and you know business and all the rest of it. We've had that many people leave New York City in the last three and a half years, and as these migrant issues continue to prop up, I don't sense that that trend is going to reverse. So. What is the outcome? Who is working on a solution to make New York not only inhabitable again, but as some place that, you know, isn't just seeing a continual drain of resources. As you lose people, you lose revenue to tax. You lose the ability to fund public entitlements.
7: I I don't know what the heck they think I should tell people. This week, New Yorkers are getting their property tax assessments for the upcoming year. Uh, And and as sure as, you know, uh, their salt and the seawater – uh, most people are going to see a little increase in it as they do normally. This, at the same time, we're saying if you're a migrant, we're going to put you up in our neighbor's house. We're going to pay your neighbor to do that, and of course, there's going to be no cost uh, to the migrant uh, who came here illegally. By the way, and 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 the public taxpayer be damned. And I think people are really getting frustrated by this. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that you're going to see the outflow of even more people when when this problem still comes to a head. There's no other solution. Do you want to stay here and pay for this in perpetuity? I don't. I just want to know when it ends. When is enough enough?
1: Well, and to that end, is there is there any constructive conversation going on in City Hall right now? Uh, Are there any council members talking to the mayor? Is the mayor talking to the president? Is the mayor talking to the governor? What's what is the current action being taken?
7: I think the mayor is looking for an off ramp. I really do. Um, I think part and parcel for that is, is hoping some of these Republican county execs uh, upstate New York sue uh, and maybe get a different decision uh, on the, this Callahan decree, which is forms the basis of our, our right to shelter law. Um, that would help us uh, all. But if you think there's someone in the city council making sense of all this, I, I got a bridge to sell you, because these people think that money grows on trees. And if we just spend two billion dollars uh, this year on migrants. We'll have the the same two billion dollars to spend uh, on after school programs and healthcare or whatever it is that we normally spend money on that we could always have you know discussions of whether it's good or bad.
1: It it does strike me as ironic that the people who are most likely to stay and be inconvenienced by all of this are the ones most vehemently uh, reluctant to do anything about it. And I guess until. You know, everyone's front yard is permanently camped out with um, with people that don't have the right to be there. You're not going to get some of these people to make any type of heads or tails of this. And it's really sad.
7: No, because the police are the cause of violence, not the solution. Uh, And the perpetrators are the victims and not the the, the problematic ones that need to be uh, detained. This woke nonsense is just a disaster for, for a recipe for disaster.
1: Yeah. No, that's true. Uh, I think he should run again. I'm just, you know, saying. Uh, Councilman Joe Borelli, thank you so much for all that you're doing to keep our city safe. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back.
4: champion of the
0: world on april 28th experience the movie based on the miraculous story of george foreman
4: george foreman ain't no new champ he is the new chump foreman
0: is down i'm not going to box anymore i'm gonna follow god it's the greatest comeback story of all time it's only two things i know how to do box and preach and preach you won't pay the bills foreman's
7: 45 years old the risk isn't losing it's surviving how can
8: you beat that man i'm gonna do
0: this my way big george foreman exclusively in movie theaters april 28th rated pg-13 may be inappropriate for children under thirteen.
5: I've been in show business my entire life. I know when someone's an actor or an actress. And I'd hear Balance of Nature being advertised, and I just thought, these are real people out there. And they seem to just be really telling the truth about this product that they love. So I started using Balance of Nature, and immediately I started seeing results. And I went, oh my gosh, this works. I literally called up the founder, and I said, I've never done this before in my life. I want to tell people about Balance of Nature. I want it to do for them what it's done for me.
3: Join Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of people worldwide on a journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KLG
2: Balance of Nature is whole produce. It contains all the vital parts in balance. Color, taste, and smell keep you well, and that's what you get with Balance of
3: Nature. Start now by going to balanceofnature.com and don't forget to use discount code KMC.
4: Hello, I'm Mike Vindell, inventor of My Pillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make My Pillow become one of the fastest-growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped my pillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA.
5: When I got my pillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well rested in the morning.
4: That's why I invented my pillow. one get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products
1: that's mypillow.com promo code kmc coming to
0: theaters patterns of evidence journey to mount sinai Two. investigative filmmaker timothy mahoney uncovers evidence of the true location of mount sinai interviewing modern day exodus explorers and scholars
1: once i realized what this site was
9: i dropped to my knees All of the evidence, it's sitting out there for everyone to see. Inspiring
0: and faith-affirming. Journey to Mount Sinai 2 in theaters only, May 15th and 17th. Get tickets today at PatternsofEvidence.com. What you need to know, when you need it. It's Kevin McCullough
4: Radio.
1: All right, Kevin McCullough, final few minutes for your Monday. I'm pretty excited about something that's uh, coming up, and I'm not talking about uh, the fact that Chris Christie and Mike Pence are getting into the presidential race. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow. they're going to move the needle, uh, you know, because there's nobody that, that's going to vote for Pence that didn't think that Ron DeSantis wasn't a better version, right? There's no, that, that doesn't happen. And And who exactly asked Chris Christie to jump in? Seriously, uh, and I got wind of of him, you know, thinking about running quite quite a while ago. Um, my friend Generalissimo over at the Hugh Hewitt show he th- he thinks that he thinks that Chris Christie's going to take Trump down. I, I he might. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't see into the future. Uh, but who who went around asking, "Hey, let's get that disgraced uh, New Jersey former governor back in the race again." Uh, the one that stood behind Trump, you know, after he dropped out and, and applauded like a rabid, you know, dog at everything Trump said that first press conference, <laughs> this is so crazy. But, uh, yeah, they're evidently they're both, they're both in. I mean, Pence filed the paperwork. Uh, Chris Christie, I think is about two inch away from, from getting in. Um, but you know, anytime food's in the equation for Chris Christie, it, it's cause for pause. Okay. Let's, we'll just put a, a a comma right there. He, he's going to get to it eventually, by the way, something I'm very excited about this. I just got off the phone with um, the folks at uh, Colette travel just before we taped uh, today. I was, I was so, so thrilled uh, next year in the month of June. And I'm going to have exact dates for you soon. How would you like to spend a few days in London Travel the channel between London and France, land in Normandy, and then uh, spend a couple of days seeing the memorials of what happened in World War II, and then from there, end your time in Paris with me. How, how would you like to do that uh, over the course of about, I don't know, six to eight days, something like that? But start out in London. Uh, cross the channel in style, not in the kind of boats that the boys were dropped in, but, uh, but no, actually, uh, then land on, on Normandy shores, uh, see the memorials of the war there, look overlook the cliffs, see the amazing, beautiful French countryside, and then wind up our, our, our time together in France, uh, in, in the city of, of Paris. Uh, th- this, is, this is more than 95% likely to happen And I'm going to have details for it uh, for you in the days and weeks to come. uh, June of 2024. Put it on your calendar and uh, we'll start we'll start filling you in on all the details soon, because I wanted I tried to do this a few years ago. And then the uh, group we were working with didn't have a very good reputation and they ended up kind of fizzling out this this group, my my partners at Colette, they are they are solid. In fact, during covid, they fully refunded, not travel voucher stuff. Not silly stuff like that. They fully refunded $185 million in prepaid trip travel that people had made because they didn't want one person to uh, to feel in any way slighted uh, during COVID. They refunded $185 million in travel for people that had uh, scheduled trips with. Good people. We're going to have a great time. Anyway, I'm Gavin McCullough. We'll see you next time.